I don't need help. I'm not in an abusive relationship. This is just how it is for us. It's a lie we tell ourselves, one that many in abusive relationships repeat until they believe it. But there's hope. Welcome to I'm Not In An Abusive Relationship, a podcast about surviving domestic and sexual violence. This show is about hope. You will hear from survivors of abuse, and their stories may sound familiar. They may even inspire hope. Our goal is to connect with others in these toxic relationships to offer that hope, and with supporters of our mission, anyone willing to help get rid of abuse in our culture. We also talk with the experts in the field, from the officers on the front lines of domestic abuse calls to the therapists and advocates helping survivors navigate this complicated road of recovery. If you're in need of help, please visit our website or call our 24-7 hotline, 800-828-2023. And if this is an emergency and you need help immediately, please call 911. Welcome to I'm Not In An Abusive Relationship with your host, Claudia Pauls. Welcome to the show. I'm Dan Moyle and I'm guest hosting for Claudia Pauls. And joining me today uh, is a pastor of a church because we're talking about not only the church's stance on abuse and how the church can help, but the church's stance on uh, on what abusers need to stop doing. Uh, but also, there's a, a personal story behind this particular pastor. Uh, he's actually faced abuse in his life, so a whole lot going on. Pastor Jamie Smith from Riverside Church in Three Rivers, Michigan. Uh, Jamie, thanks for joining us. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about first your story so we can get into, into then how much of that plays a part in how you help the abused and the, and the oppressed and this kind of, uh, you know, the, those, those survivors and victims. So, so Jamie, you've faced abuse in your life. Tell us about your story. How, how does that look? So, well, to start off, um, <clears throat> I grew up in a, in a home, um, that was full of domestic violence. Mm. Um, a lot of, a lot of, uh, abuse directed toward my mother, um, directed toward us kids. Uh, my, my mother and father were divorced when I was very young at an early age. And, uh, it seemed like, a um, a lot of different men in my mother's life that, that were really horrible at domestic violence. Um, mm. used to, used to kind of beat on my mom a lot. Um, so I grew up seeing that being a part of it, living in it, trying to function in it as a, as a child. And then growing up through, you know, my, my, preteen years, um, you know, dealing with it. So. Yeah. And so often we hear that those who are abused or witness abuse turn out to be abusers. Mm-hmm. And that's not necessarily, that's not a cycle for you though. Absolutely not. How are you able to break that? Well, you know, there's a story of two twin boys who grew up with an alcoholic father. One of them was an alcoholic and one of them wasn't. And they asked the one kid said, why are you an alcoholic? He said, because I watched my father. And they asked the other kid, said, why are you not an alcoholic? He said, because I watched my father. Hmm. So you can take that either way. Mm-hmm. Um, you can grow up and be like the people you grew up with, or you can grow up and learn from it. So yeah. was what I did. I, I was always uh, um, the kind of person that stood up for the underdog, um, you know, never got into the domestic violence part of it. Um to be honest with you, I'm a pastor, and I would tell you now that uh, um, it took a lot of work for me to forgive some of these men for some of the things that I had to endure growing mm-hmm. up. So, yeah. Yeah. So so you, when someone comes to you, now obviously pastors are oftentimes counselors to their congregation, to other folks in the community. Mm-hmm. So I have to imagine that you see victims of violence, of domestic violence, of sexual abuse, of violence against people. 
so does that play a part now in how you counsel? Absolutely. Um, you know, it's it's uh, it's actually very sad um, how much domestic violence is, you know, how prevalent it is in our society today, yeah. how prevalent it is in our community here where we live at in uh, rural Michigan. Um, so domestic violence is very prevalent. So so it's uh, there's a lot of it. Yeah. And it seems to be. Um, a little more awareness brought about nowadays to it because of things like what you're doing, um, things like the domestic, you know, and sexual abuse services and stuff like that. But um, for the most part, it gets swept under the rug and it's overlooked. And that's something that the church wants to take a stand against. That's something that we do not believe in. Um, so, yes, it does have a, a big part in how I counsel with people, how I meet with people, mm. um, men and women, um, the abused and the abuser, um, yeah. talking with them. Um, so yeah, it has it has a big part in it to be able to to relate to my own story, my own life, what I've seen, what I've endured, and what I've overcame. Yeah. So so let's talk a little bit about the church then. Um, as a, as a pastor, uh, so I, I want to say this real quick that when we talk about the church, we're not looking to you know badmouth any particular church, any particular denomination, any particular pastors out there that have maybe got it wrong. Uh, we want to educate. We want to uplift the the faith community in this. <laughs> And and we and we also talk a lot about the church in relation to Riverside Church, so our particular mission and values and this kind of thing. So there's a little bit of both going on. So I want to talk about this, Jamie. It, so often it seems like a couple, a few verses get taken out of context, get twisted, and one of them is uh, Ephesians five twenty two, uh, where it says, "Wives submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church." his body and, and himself as its savior. So we talk about submission here mm-hmm. and that gets twisted. Mm-hmm. How, how does that, first of all, how does that get twisted? I mean, I think we can, we can guess, but how do people misuse that verse? Well, I think the, the people that are misusing that verse of submission doesn't understand what submission means. Yeah. Um, and I think people that um, like to lord that over people who say, oh, you have to submit to me. You have to, uh, let's see here, um, are, are the ones that want to um, try to control you because mm-hmm. they use submission. Um, the definition of submission is the action or fact of accepting or yielding to a superior force or to the will of authority of another person. I think about the word submission. <clears throat> Nowhere in there does it say that I'm controlled. Mm-hmm. Nowhere does in there does it say that um, I have to do what you're told. Um, we're looking at the word submission in biblical terms in that verse of the Bible. It's kind of like a submarine. Okay. It's submitted in the water. Hmm. It's completely surrounded by the water. And as a woman should be submitted to her husband as the biblical authority of the home, as a biblical leader of the home, the godly order of things as God, husband, wife, then children. It doesn't make the husband more than the wife it makes them equal mm-hmm. women weren't created to do what a man can do they were created to do everything that a man can't do right so i think that that word submission scares people off yeah. um as i was talking with you earlier i had a had a lady who wanted me to remove that from her wedding vows one of the weddings that i did um because she didn't want to be controlled by that she didn't want to, you know submitting to my husband in all things but what that is saying is that i respect my husband that I honor my husband as the leader of our home and I'm going to submit to his leadership 
Mm-hmm. Not that I'm going to be controlled by him. Not that I'm going to be, you know, beat down by him and belittled by him and abused by him. But I'm submitting to his leadership yeah. is what that is. And then the second part of that verse is where, I mean, of that area, the couple of verses there. Mm-hmm. The second part brings about a whole different viewpoint, too. So explain that a little bit. Well, it, it also says that husbands should love their wives just like Jesus loved the church. And if you don't know how much Jesus loved the church, he died for her. Hmm. Right. So for a woman to submit to the leadership and the authority of her husband, she must know that her husband loves her enough to die for her. Hmm. So I think when you read that in context and the whole scripture, it's not just talking about a woman being controlled under the authority of her husband. It's also talking about a husband loving his wife, being the leader of the home, being the spiritual leader of the home, leading courageously, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Rejecting passivity, standing strong, being a biblically defined man, not an abusive controller, right? And laying his life down for his wife if need be. Mm-hmm. Such an inspiring way to look at at marriage rather than how it gets twisted. Um, another verse that often gets twisted is uh, I found First Timothy two eleven where uh, let a woman learn in silence with all submissiveness. There again, that submissive word. I permit no woman to teach or have authority over a man, rather she is to remain silent. So there again, we submissiveness, have no authority. And it seems that that verse can easily get twisted into, well, you just need to be submissive, be quiet, shut up, and and let this happen to you. Uh, That's not the case at all, though. Let's unpack that verse a little bit. What does that really mean? That is not not the case at all. When that was written in... uh, um, Timothy, Paul had wrote, wrote a letter to a, to a young Timothy as he was training him up into the ministry, um, referring to the church in Ephesus and Corinth. So it says that a, a woman should learn in quietness and full submission. I do not permit a woman to teach or to have authority over a man. She must be silent. For Adam was formed first, then Eve. And Adam was not the one deceived. So what that is saying is in... Um, that era in that time, they're saying that uh, um, the women in Ephesus tended to exercise authority over men. They were um, wild. The church was crazy in Corinth. There was a, a period of time there where the women, and that word submission there again does not mean controlled. It's saying that a woman should learn in quietness and full submission, and that is under the leadership of her husband, of her man. Um, if she has a question, it, because it, it was crazy. If you if you look at the context and the, the cultural context of when that was written and the time frame of when that was written, um, it is definitely um, a time that was wild. The church was wild. They were newly formed. There was no order. Mm-hmm. There was no structure in the church. And that's what that was written for to Timothy is to, because it's, it was instructions on worship. It was instructions on how to, how to, to build the church. It says that uh, um, at the beginning of that, it says, I urge you then, first of all, that request prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving is for everyone, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. So it's not saying that just for uh, the men, to have authority over their women is saying that we should all live in peaceful and quietness and holiness, mm-hmm. right? And uh, it says that they should 
come into full submission under their, you know, under their, their husband or, you know, the, um, the church leaders or whatever. Yeah. So, so it's important then to keep in mind the cultural context of the Bible when it comes to some of these verses. Very important. Like it doesn't necessarily, I mean, the Bible is all true. It's God breathed. Absolutely. It's also, there's, there are cultural references to things like women submitting and, and then real definitions, biblical definitions, not submission is not control is what I hear you say. Submission is not control at all. If you think of a submarine, and, and I love to, to explain that kind of as a submarine, um, you think of a ship or a boat that's on top of water and a submarine that is completely submerged or submitted in the water. Mm-hmm. And that's what that means. I am submitted to my husband. I'm submitted to his, his authority and his leadership, but I'm also submitted to his love. Mm-hmm. I'm submitted to his care, his protection. The Bible in, in Corinthians, when Paul wrote 1 Corinthians chapter 13 is the love chapter. It says love is, you know, does not envy, does not boast, is not proud. So there's nothing in there that says that love is abusive. There's nothing that says it keeps no record of wrongs. It is not easily angered. Yeah. It is not. So that's the biblical definition of love. So a woman submitting herself to her husband is submitting to herself into that biblical definition of love. Yeah. And that's a beautiful thing to be submitted to. Yeah. Right? I can't say I love you and be mad at you all the time because the Bible says love is not easily angered. Right. Love does no wrong. Love does not keep any records of wrong. Love is not it's not easily provoked. Yeah. So I can't say I love you yet wanna beat you up or hold you down or oppress you yeah. in domestic violence. The Bible doesn't talk about the word abuse and stuff like that, but it uses the word oppression a lot. We talk about um, domestic violence and we talk about oppression and we talk about what the Bible says about it. And it says that all violence in the Bible, all violence is considered an offense against God and against humanity. So scripture is full of condemnations of violence time and time again. Um, it says that violence and wickedness is detestable to the Lord in Psalm 11 Mm. Proverbs 3 and 10. Uh, Particularly, violence against women is condemned. Mm -hmm. In the Jewish law, rape was viewed as equivalent to murder in Deuteronomy. Um, So there's a lot of uh, things, like I said, the word um, abuse is never seen in the Bible, but the term oppression, which means you are crushed or burdened someone by the abuse of power and authority. And that's exactly what domestic violence is. You are crushing and abusing them by oppression and by your authority and your power of authority, whether it be physical, sexual, financial, mental, yeah, um, verbal. Um, is that power and control? Wheel? It is. In Psalm mm-hmm. 10, it says, His mouth is filled with cursing and deceit and oppression. Under his tongue are mischief and iniquity. And, that, and that's so huge that, that we are not called. We, we are called to love, to serve, to give up our lives not to control and exercise power. Like that's such a huge thing. So those verses that are taken out of context, when you measure them up against that, that is not what the church says we should be doing is, is living with abuse. Um, so how do you counsel some, someone who comes into you and says, so let's, let's play this out. Let's say, and, and so often, unfortunately, victims are, are women. Certainly men are abused as well. So this does cover men. But let's say someone comes to you and says, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in this abusive marriage. I need to get a divorce. 
but I, but I've been told that the church won't let me. What is what does that look like for us? So as far as our church, <clears throat> and as far as um, how our church stands, and my personal, again, I would say my personal beliefs with that, and uh, um, my life, how I was raised, what I've seen, and what I've endured through domestic violence, there are two biblical grounds for divorce, which is marital unfaithfulness or adultery, and abandonment. Mm-hmm. But if you're in a physical, violent relationship, please leave. Please get out of it. The Bible speaks of a time of separation. I am not telling you to get a divorce. I am telling you that I am a firm believer that people can change. Um, Counseling is a great thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Anger management classes are a great thing. Um, so if you are in a violent physical relationship and you believe that the church does not, there are a lot of women that stay in domestic violence relationships because of that. Well, I'm a God-fearing woman and I am, and by any means I am telling you, my personal belief is you need to leave and you need to get out of it immediately. Mm-hmm. Our church will help you. We will counsel you. We would love to counsel the abuser, and we would love to counsel the abused. We would love to to send you to counseling. We can give you scriptural references. We can give you pastoral guidance, and we will also help with getting you professional counseling. Mm -hmm. So if you're in a domestic violence relationship, physically, mentally, emotionally, financially, sexually, you need to leave. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm not saying get a divorce. I'm saying leave. Mm-hmm. And and you mentioned you know on, on biblical terms, you know, adultery and abandonment. So often we see those go hand in hand with an abusive relationship. So by all means, if you're a, a, a faithful person and you're grappling with that, should I get a divorce or not? It 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 very well may be in in your future to go down that road. But the first and foremost, get out of that home, find shelter, find help, and get counseling. Yes. And then it's a different conversation from there. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Because I'm a firm believer people can change. Yeah. People and, can change. <clears throat> and if that's that's your path and you end up divorcing that spouse, the church should not hold that against you, right? Like that's something that you can work through on your own faith journey, right? Well, Jesus forgives us. First and foremost, Jesus forgives us. Um, that's something that you really need to talk to the Lord about. That's something that you really need to get some pastoral counseling about. Um, again, Jesus does not want anybody to be abused. Right. Jesus even told his disciples in Matthew 20, verse 26 through 28, it says, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them. And their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Jesus told them, you do not lord your authority and your power over anybody. Mm. He says, not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. And to give his life as ransom for many. So... When you use your power to enhance someone else's freedom, 
It's being used well. And that's what Jesus was saying to his disciples. You don't use your power and your authority. I don't care if you're a man over a woman. I don't care if you're a husband over a wife or vice versa. If you're a woman abusing a man, right? you don't lord your power over them. You don't lord your authority over them. That's why I say get out, get counseling. People can change, right? Yep, yep. But it has to be that their choice to change and improve it and make those strides. And that counseling is so important for both sides, for both sides. Absolutely. What do you want people to walk away with knowing and feeling? What's your heart for those listening that have maybe been, you know, turned away by the church uh, in general, right? That, that, that universal church idea or the Bible has told me that I deserve this or whatever. What do you, what's your heart want to reach out to them with? Well, my heart is that um, to have the heart of Jesus, that no one's abused. Yeah. Um, Jesus, you know, does not want anyone to be abused. As I read in that past scripture, to no one lord their authority over anyone else. Um, I grew up in a home with drugs and alcohol. I grew up in a, you know, very volatile domestic violence situations in my life. Um, have seen, endured, and overcame. Um, again, I'm now a pastor, and as my my role here at the church, with the church, um, is I want people to know that justice and mercy lie at the very heart of God's character, mm. because that's what He wants. It's, that, that's that's what God wants is, is for us to live a holy life. We do not repay evil with evil, right? Mm-hmm. We do nothing with a mean spirit. God hates evil. God doesn't hate evil people. He hates evil. Yeah. God doesn't hate sinners. He hates the sin. People can change, and that's my heart, and that's my you know, passion is for changed lives, for changed hearts, for changed people. Um, through any hurt, habit, or hang-up that they have in their life. If you are an abuser, if you are the abused, either way, let's get to the root of the problem. Let's find out what it is. Because anger is a secondary emotion, right? So that's my heart, is to reach out and help. Mm -hmm. You said something just there that I want to unpack a little bit too is we're not called to repay evil with evil that can get twisted too, right? That can get twisted mm-hmm. to where an abuser, you just need to take it. You can't get revenge or something. Right. But that's a, that's a twisting of scripture too. What does that, what does that scripture really tell us? Well, what it is, is um, that we do not repay evil with evil. The Bible says that vengeance is mine, says the Lord. It's not ours. Jesus said, pray for your enemies. Forgive those who have sinned against you. In Jeremiah, it says, I am the Lord who exercises kindness, justice, and righteousness on earth. It's not our job. Mm -hmm. It's not our job. Deuteronomy 10 says, I am the God who shows no partiality and accepts no bribes. It says, God will bring into judgment the righteous and the wicked, for there will be a time for every activity, a time to judge every deed. Mm Mm-hmm. So when God says vengeance is mine, vengeance is His. Yeah. It's not ours. And that, yeah, and that speaks a lot more to the abusers than the abused. Right. I mean, it speaks to both. Abused, don't seek revenge, but get out. But abusers, 
we're not called to be violent. Right. Right. And I'm not called to retaliate. Yeah. If you hit me, Jesus said, turn the other cheek. If someone takes your cloak, give them their tunic. You know, give them your tunic too. Um, he's saying do not repay evil with evil. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a lot of programs. There are a lot of uh, 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 stuff, you know, PPOs, restraining orders, and stuff like that that we can get that can help us. Mm-hmm. I know sometimes th- they seem to be a little lackadaisical for a, a you know a term lack of a better term but but there are other ways out there we don't retaliate mm-hmm. um, we give it to God like I said vengeance is mine says the Lord mm-hmm. seek counseling professional help yeah anything I didn't cover that you want to make sure mm-hmm. that the the listeners get to hear well I just want you to know that we love you as part of the church as part of uh, you know our our church here at Riverside, um, we love the abuser and we love the abused. We pray for you all. We're here for you. We have many 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 ministries that go on here. Many groups that go on here. Celebrate Recovery, Freedom Ministries, everything else that we have here that can help change your life into the person that God wants you to be. Um, that you are called according to God. Mm-hmm. No one wants to be abused. No one wants to be, you know, financially, emotionally, any kind of abuse. No one wants to do that. Yeah. So my question is to the abuser, would you like to have that happen to you? God loves you. We love you. Um, and, and love you means lovingly correcting, too. Absolutely. You don't, you don't just get away with it. No. Like, you need... To change you need to change yeah. um we do not agree with abuse here again yeah. you know as far as our church is concerned if you're in a abusive relationship we w- we would say get out mm-hmm. immediately mm-hmm. seek help seek shelter call the church whatever yeah um we would love to set you up with some counseling the abuser and the abused but again we love you with the heart of jesus um and and we want to see it see it you know come to an end yeah restoration and 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 god's love around everybody absolutely well thank you for all you do with Daisis Jamie and thank you for the the church's stance on this um listeners please go to riverside-church.com if that needs to if you need some help with that and uh, obviously dasismi.org for Daisis so Jamie thank you again yeah god bless you man thank you thank you for listening to I'm not in an abusive relationship. If these stories resonate with you and you need help, please visit our website, dasasmi.org. That's dasasmi.org. Or call our hotline at 800-828-2023. We are here to walk alongside you. Now, if you know someone who might benefit from our show, please share it. Social media, email, simply telling someone about it, all help us spread the word and help us to combat domestic and sexual violence. We also welcome financial and volunteer support. That information is on our website. Thank you to the staff, volunteers, and board of directors at Domestic and Sexual Abuse Services. This podcast is produced with the help of a committee of dedicated advocates. Thank you to WBET Radio in Sturgis, Michigan for the use of their studio. This has been a podcast about surviving domestic and sexual violence and a production of Domestic and Sexual Abuse Services of Michigan.